PCC, y'all know how we do it. We are a praising church. So come on, let's give him some praise. Come on, Philippians, let's do what we do. And praise is what we do. Clapping our hands is what we do. Giving him glory and honor. You ought to turn to somebody and say, man, that's just what we do. That's just what we do. Shouting, that's just what we do. Dancing, that's just what we do. Making a little noise, that's just what we do. It's my DNA. I can't help but give him glory. I can't help but give him honor. I can't help but give him the praise. And not any kind of praise, y'all. You ought to tell somebody not any kind of praise, but your best praise. I want to know, can you give him your best praise? If he never did another thing for you, would you still give him your best? You ought to tell somebody, I got to give him my best because he gave me his best. You do know that he, he bankrupt heaven to send Jesus to come and get you. I said, God emptied out his account to make sure that he had enough blood to bring us back from sin. I don't know about you, but if God can go bankrupt for me, I believe I should be able to go bankrupt with my praise. Oh, come on, give him glory. Don't you be ashamed of him now. I know you done invited some folk and you're trying to look all sophisticated, but they ought to see you praising. They ought to know that your God has been so good to you that you don't care what they think. You don't care nothing about nobody's opinion, but I got to give him somebody shouting glory. I said shout glory. Come on and shout glory. Somebody shout, Lord, we need your glory. I said we need your glory. I said we need your glory. We can't make it without your glory. Can't make another move without your glory. Can't make another day without your glory. Won't make it through this trial without your glory. I'ma lose my mind without your glory. Somebody shout, Lord, I need your glory. Oh, oh. You do know when the glory shows up, the devil can't stay. You ought to tell somebody, let's praise enough that the glory will come in this place and the devil will pack his bags and leave. Is there anybody here that want enough glory? That sickness got to get out of here. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. Come on, Zion. I said, come on, Zion. I said, come on, Zion. I need you to block out your neighbor and send a praise up from your spirit that'll shake the gates of hell. I need you to send up a praise that'll make the devil nervous. I need you to send up a praise that'll make the witch put up her tent. I need you to send up a praise that'll make the warlock run. I said, come on, Zion. Praise is your weapon. I said, praise is your weapon. I said, praise is your weapon. Oh! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm trying to... I'm trying to move on, y'all. But it just seemed like I felt something breaking the more we praise. The more we praise, it seemed like shackles were falling off. The more we praise, I seen somebody getting their breakthrough. I said, come on, Zion. If you knew your victory depended upon your next praise, I just want to know what would you do? I said, if your victory depended upon your next praise, if your baby being saved depended upon your next praise, if your husband being saved depended upon your next praise, I want to hear what kind of praise you will give. Come on, Zion. I said, come on, Zion. I said, come on, Zion. Y'all come on and have your seats. 
Y'all please have your seats, please have your seats. We, we want to get into the word of God on this morning. I'm, I'm truly grateful and thankful for being in this house. Wanted to put the thermometer out and just take the temperature of the church and make sure that the body was alive and well. Amen. I want to thank God for Bishop Jones, the angel of this house. Amen. I want to thank God for Elder Mary Jones. Powerful woman of God. I want to thank God for my wife. Nastasha Jones, my kids, Virgil, Jalen, and Victoria. They're around here somewhere. Thank God for all of the elders, the ministers, the deacons, musicians, choir, cameraman, sound man, parking lot attendant, everyone in their respective places. If you have your Bibles, come on and turn with me to the book of John. We're going to chapter 4. I want to begin reading at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. If you would, please skip down to verse 39. This will be our last verse. And many of the Samaritans of the city, of that city, believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. Bow your heads with me very quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory for yet another day that you have made. We pray that the word of God would have a free course to minister to the hearts and minds of your people. Bind the hand of the enemy. We claim victory even in the eyes of defeat. Let there be a special anointing in this place. We speak it, we believe it, we decree it, and we declare it, and it is so. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And every heart and mind says, Amen. Wanted to minister this morning about this special young lady. The young lady that Jesus met at a well. Those of us that have heard the story, been in church, we know her as the Samaritan woman. Story found in the book of John by the writings of the Apostle John, one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. The Bible says that he was the disciple who, whom Jesus loved. It is this John that would be in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John, the one that would walk closely with the Christ. I love this particular passage of Scripture and also the writings of John because John is unlike the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they generally tell you the same stories. 
But it's when you get to John that the gospel takes a real shift. It is me, I believe that the gospel of John is unique. When you look at the other three gospels, you'd find that they would give you the genealogy of Jesus. They'll tell you who his mother was, great-grandmother was, and great-father. But when you get to John, John doesn't give you his genealogy, he gives you his Godology. He tells you that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It is in this book of John that we see John would make references to the deity of Christ. It's in John 14, around verse 6, that Jesus Christ would declare that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Same chapter in verse number 8, we find that Philip would tell Jesus, he says, show us the Father. And Jesus would tell him, have not I been so long time with you? Yeah. It is in that John 17, 5, when Jesus would begin to speak, and he would say, I want the glory that I had with my Father before the world began. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, Jesus is not just a good man, but Jesus was a man that was here before he was here. When he talked to those Jews in John chapter 8, around verse 58, he told them, he said, before Abraham was, he said, I am. They looked at him because Jesus wasn't about but 30 years old, and Abraham had been dead for centuries. They couldn't figure out how in the world could this man standing before me be before the Abraham. That's the start of our whole race. If Jesus wanted to play with him, he could have told him, I was there when God gave Abraham the order to leave his father's house. He, he could have told him that I was the promise that God gave Abraham if he wanted to get spotty with it. But, I, but Jesus had to remain humble. It is in this book of John that we find that stories such as the woman that was caught in adultery find here that Jesus Christ had a ministry that entail dealing with women and not just any kind of woman Jesus dealt with women that had a little dirt on their name Jesus he, he he dealt with women that had a little scandal about them a little scandalous I, I, I like that I like that he, he he dealt he called a woman they called a woman in adultery in John chapter 8 and you know the truth of the teaching uh, they wanted to stone this woman and they brought her to Jesus and left the man I ain't never seen nobody be able to do the do by themselves, and they called it adultery. But be that as it may, they, they, they got this woman, and they brought her to Jesus, and they want the people to stone him, looking for Jesus to co-sign on the error. But instead of throwing the stone, Jesus covered the woman. It is a teaching to you and I that every day is not a stone-throwing day. We have to be careful of throwing stones at our sisters and throwing stones at our brother because the stone you throw today might get through back at you tomorrow. So before you release the stone, think about yourself. It's amazing to me how we pick and choose who and what we want to cover. It's amazing to me how we pick and choose what we want to be merciful to. But if I am a child of God and if I want God to show me mercy, he say, until the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. You have to be merciful. And if the truth be told, thank God he don't tell what we done. 
I'm going to go ahead on and talk since I'm here because the more I talk, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I want to talk. So I'm going to go ahead on and talk. I told them in Sunday school class that I don't have the right to hold anything on anybody because God know what y'all don't know. Y'all pray for me here. See, you got some things that folk know about you, and then you got some stuff that don't nobody know about you but Jesus. Y'all going to leave me by myself. I, I said I can't hold nothing on nobody, not when I know that God know what I did and how I did it and how many times. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. How in the world you going to hold forgiveness on somebody with your ratchet self? Are y'all going to let me preach in here? How? How are you going to hold forgiveness? It is in the writings of John that we see the story of the woman caught in adultery. We also see the story of another woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. It is this Mary Magdalene whom Christ would cast out seven devils. But it is also this same Mary Magdalene that would be the first one to see Christ after his resurrection. It is this Mary Magdalene that would be the first one to carry the gospel. First one to see about the resurrection and then she was the one that had to carry the message back to the men because you do know the men was hiding. I got caught up, I'm not going to lie, in my study when I got to Mary Magdalene because I was trying to figure out how in the world do you go from having seven devils to being the first one to carry the gospel. God, God don't care who he used. God, 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 God use in it. Y'all ain't going to talk back, back to me. Who is it that think you disqualified because of something you've done? Who is it that think you disqualified because you think you dirty and you not? The first one that handled the gospel has seven devils in her. And thank God they ain't tell us what the devils were because I tell you, some of us wouldn't have been able to receive. It's understanding here that Jesus Christ was a man that opened up his ministry to women. Had the woman that had the issue of blood. And she would touch Jesus Christ by the hem of his garment and her body would be made whole. She touched Jesus at an unopportune time. According to the law, when she was doing her time, when she was bleeding, she wasn't supposed to be touching anybody. But you do know other things that folk can't handle, God can handle. Other men couldn't handle the touch, but Jesus, he could, he could withstand the touch and not just withstand the touch, but heal her when she touches him. There, there, there was another woman that was a Canaanite woman. She came to Jesus because her daughter was vexed with the devil. You find all of this in the book of John. There's a woman, Canaanite woman, daughter, got a devil. She comes to Jesus desiring that her daughter be healed. Jesus said, listen here, the bread is not for you. The bread is not for the dogs. The woman say, but yea, Lord, the dogs get the crumb that fall from the table. Jesus heals the woman's daughter. What are you saying out of all of these things that you're naming, young preacher? Is that Jesus Christ was a man that came and he challenged religious belief. He challenged the dogmas of men. Men had set up rules and regulations where they didn't want women to do this and didn't want women to do that. And because they set up rules and regulations, Jesus came by and he challenged the dogmas of men, letting them know, not only will I catch the woman at the well, I'm going to get the woman with adultery. Not only will I use the woman in adultery, I'll use the one that has seven devils in her. Not only will I use the one with seven devils, but I'll heal the one that's been bleeding for 12 long years. Not only will I heal the one with 12 young years, but I'll save the 
daughter of the Canaanite woman that ain't even a Jew. Is there somebody here that's feeling like you are inadequate? You can't serve God and you can't be saved because of something you got in your past. The devil is a liar. There ain't nobody in here that ain't got a past. Everybody you see from the, oh y'all ain't gonna talk back to me in here, from the pulpit to the pew and from the pew to the parking lot, from the windows to the wall, anybody you see got a past. I don't care what they title is. I don't care how anointed they are. I don't care if they can prophesy to the moon come down. They got a past just like you. Find something interesting here in this John chapter 4. Jesus needs to go to Samaria. Tells his disciples we're going back home to Galilee from Judea. But he said, I got to stop by Samaria. Some theologians suggest that Samaria was a shortcut to get back to Galilee. That the Jews, they, they, they hated Samarians so until they didn't want the dust from the Samaritan land to be on their toes. So instead of taking the shortcut, the Jews say, I'm going to take the long way home just so I ain't got to see another Samaritan. Why is this important, young preacher? Because this is the foundation of our text. We find that the Jews were so against Samaritans until when they start talking about Christ, they not only called Jesus a devil, they called him a Samaritan. In the world, you put Samaritan and the devil in the same sentence. And so Jesus Christ being the man that he is, Jesus Christ being the one that was always about it, about it. Jesus Christ, when he gave parables, he always made the Samaritan the hero just so he can slap the Jews back. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. Jesus would tell a story about a man that had been robbed and had been stripped. And he said a priest passed by the man and didn't help him. He said a Levite passed by the man and didn't help him. He said, but there was a Samaritan, the one that y'all called the devil, the one that y'all think ain't about nothing, the one that you say ain't worth nothing, that's the one that stopped and helped the man that was in the ditch. You ought to start smiling about your past right about now. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. It was the Samaritan when Jesus Christ told the story. He said, I heal ten lepers. And he said, when I heal ten lepers, there was only one leper that came back to give Jesus the glory after he healed ten. But the Bible said that the one leper that came back to give him glory was a Samaritan. He said, I've healed some Jews and y'all ain't even give me the glory. Don't you know you can be so religious and think you so sanctified and thank you so holy to you sit down on your praise you sit down on your worship but you got somebody that does smoke more crack than they can sell can come in here and bow their knees and say lord i ain't what i need to be but i thank you for life i ain't what i need to be but i thank you for another chance don't you get religious on me so he would slap the jew jesus he has a divine appointment with this woman. We find here that Jesus Christ, he lets us know from the stories of the Samaritans that you can never judge a book by its cover. What Jesus does, he, he exposes their racial profile. Been profiling folk on how they look 
on the outside. You wouldn't be a believer and still using racial slurs, are you? Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. I know you say it ain't profanity, but you wouldn't be looking at the other race, calling them something, and you wouldn't want them calling you nothing. I know you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I never heard. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me in here. You, you ain't saving still doing that. I know that that is not true, but we must be careful that we don't judge books by their cover. Find here in verse 7, he meets this woman at the well. Woman is thirsty. Jesus Christ, he sends his disciples away to get food. So he can have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with this woman. Verse 6, he meets her around the sixth hour. Bible says that there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For the disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew, askest me to drink of, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. I want to slow down here and let's get a little close glimpse of this picture. I love the Bible because the Bible is real. It, it's real life. See, we, we read it in 2014 and we understand that she's talking to the Messiah. But when you're a Samaritan and you didn't have enough encounter with the Jews, you don't trust none of them. So the woman is trying to figure out why in the world are you asking me for anything? Jesus to her is just another Jew. Jesus to her is just another person that looks down on her. So she asks him a simple question. Why in the world are you asking me for anything? Now, I know y'all might not want to ride with me, but I'm going to ride by myself if I have to. I ask myself, I say, I wonder how many thoughts ran through this woman's mind in verse number 7 when Jesus said, give me something to drink. What you saying? Young Jones, you, you, you ever had somebody that don't do you, somebody that don't deal with you, and then out of the blue, they ask you for something before you reply? You got like a thousand things running. I know this helper ain't just, y'all ain't going to talk. I know he ain't just, I know she ain't at, y'all, y'all. You, you, you got to wait before you reply because there's a thousand things that run through your mind. That's what the woman was saying. I know he ain't at, y'all ain't going to, I ain't going to say what she could have said to Jesus in her mind. She's trying to figure out why in the world are you talking to me? You know you don't do me. Working on the job, you know your boss don't like you. They don't overlook you. Now all of a sudden they come in wanting you to do them a favor. You're trying to figure out, I know she did. I know you ain't asked me for nothing. So the woman is looking at Jesus because to her, Jesus is just another Jew. She's trying to figure out, why are you asking me for anything? Why are you requiring this of me? But Jesus took this opportunity to grab the woman in. See that the woman is thirsty for natural water. But it is the thirst of the natural water that leads her to finding the spiritual water. What are you saying, young Jones? What are you trying to see what do you see in 
the text. I want to stop here and encourage a mother that may be praying for your children. You may be praying for that teenager or that young adult, and it doesn't seem like they will ever take heed to the word of God. May I submit to you, they might be thirsty for the wrong thing, but God has a way of allowing the thirst for the wrong thing to run their behind right back in the church. You crying and you worrying, just let God deal with them. You pray for them and put them in God's hand. God got a way of letting the streets beat them so that they'll come to church without you calling. Are you going to church today? Can you tell the pastor to pray for me? Can, listen, you can get so far off, you don't care who pray for you. You be in the club asking folk to pray for you. Man, pray for me. It done got ugly. Do what they didn't even say. But it is the natural thirst that leads her to the spiritual water. It, it is the natural thirst. N never mind the natural thirst because the natural thirst was never designed to satisfy you. That's why when people are thirsty for things that are not pleasing to God, the best thing you can do is pray for them because they will never find complete satisfaction until they find the water that only Jesus could give. Y'all, anybody in here found the water? Y'all, act like y'all might ain't found the water yet. I'm talking some of you knew how messed up you were, how drugged out you were, how messed up in cycles you were doing the same thing every day at the same time with no release, no peace, no victory, but you messed around and took a sip of the real water and it changed your life forever. Is there anybody here that say, preacher, I have tasted of the water that only Jesus could give? You ought to tell somebody I'm thirsty. Jesus tells the woman in 13, he says, if you drink of this water, you'll never, you'll never thirst again. He gives her the antidote to her problem. Because there are things in this life that were not designed to quench your thirst. I ain't going to talk long. I'm going to talk a little bit longer and I'm going to get on out y'all way. You ever notice when you're watching the football game and the basketball game, they don't have Coke and Pepsi over there for them boys to drink. When they come to the sideline, they ain't got a jug full of Pepsi giving them soda because if you've ever been real thirsty and you drunk soda, you know soda, it'll pacify you, but it won't satisfy you. You got to get you some H2O in order to put in your body for you to feel that it's satisfied. And what has happened in the lives of some of us is that the fact that you're trying to use something, but that that you use, it can only pacify you. It cannot satisfy you because it is only God that can satisfy man. You don't need a man to satisfy you. You don't need a woman to satisfy you. You don't need drugs to satisfy you. You don't need the club to satisfy you, baby. You need Jesus. You ought to tell somebody I'm thirsty. So we find here as Jesus meets the woman, he first has to get through all of her bad experiences. 
She's experienced bad things with the Jews. And so when she meets Jesus, she treats him like he's just another Jew because she's been exposed to religious pretenders. I'm going to stop here for a minute to talk to those of us that are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to let your light shine in the day that we're living in. They've seen enough fake people. They've seen enough fake preachers. They've seen enough fake prophets. Somebody say, I'm looking for something that is real. The woman was so exposed to fake until she thought Jesus was fake. Some of us out there giving him a bad name. Folk don't even want to come to church. They don't even want to pray because of what we've shown them. The devil is a liar. I don't want to give him a bad name. Y'all have your seats here. So then the story it gets interesting because now Jesus is just going to start getting in the woman business. Okay? Samaritan girl, she had a little hood in her. Okay? And you know when you're hood, you get, you get a little agitated when folk go to ask you a lot of questions. You're like, I don't even, I don't even know you like that. Why do you, why, why you keep asking me all these questions? Y'all ain't going to say amen. You know you got a little hood and you don't like all them questions. You act like you're trying to know something. One of them is all right. Two or three, you hold up now. So, Jesus goes to bother them with the woman. He says, Jesus said unto her, this is verse 16, he says, go call thy husband and come hither. Verse 17, the woman said, answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. Yes, Just want to stop at 17 because she shows again she's hood. She ain't going to give you more information than what she got to. Jesus say, go get your husband. She just told him, I ain't got none. I love it. That's all she said. I ain't got none. That's all I'm going to tell you. I don't know you like that. That's what she's saying. I don't know you enough to tell you all my business. So then Jesus tells her, you've been married. <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus tells her, he said, listen, you, you've been married five times. I'm going I'm to say this. Y'all going to put me out of this church, but I got to say it. I'm trying to figure out the safest way to say it. She married five times. The dude she with ain't hers. They told me growing up that... Act it. But if a woman give you a number, you can act... Y'all ain't going to... Only thing I'm saying is there's a good chance that she might have been with more than five. Yeah. She may not have been. But if you've been married five times, you like what you're doing. So the woman. The Bible says five times. We're going to stick with five. Ten to the imagination. But he says the man that you're with. It's not yours. 
The woman says in 19, she says here, she says, listen, I perceive now that thou art a prophet. I, I perceive that, that, that there's something about you that is, that, that is different. That, that, there's something about you that is unique because I didn't tell you anything, but you exposed my whole life before me right before my eyes. Understand that Jesus Christ in verse 19, he allows the woman to perceive that she, that he is a prophet. But at this particular time, the woman is not ready to go back and complete what God has for her ministry-wise because she still doesn't know who Jesus really is. She sees him as a prophet, but not the son of God. So what Jesus does, he gives the woman more information. He talks about worship between 21 and verse number 24. But he does this because he understands the more I reveal to this woman, she's going to come to the knowledge that I'm not just another man. Y'all better pray for me here. That's what has messed some of us up. You think he's just another man. You've been listening to all of these color videos that they got out there now trying to tell you that we serving some white man's God and you ain't got enough common sense to know that there's no way in the world that Jesus could have been white with blue eyes and he was over there in Israel. Y'all better pray for me right now. You got these folk got you watching videos and you think black folk are the best thing since sliced bread. The devil is a liar. We all come from the same dust. We were all made from the same blood and we all need the same Jesus to obtain eternal life. Y'all ain't gonna let me preach up in here. Y'all have your seats. I'm gonna tell them I got a story to tell and I'm gonna move on. You so caught up on skin color. Help me, Holy Ghost. Some of us got some family members that's so dirty and nasty, you ain't got no business being racist. They the same color as you. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you this story and I'm going to move on. You might not be back next Sunday, so I'm going to preach to you while you're here. broke down one day coming getting off 295 on Duval Road it's raining outside I lose control of my car I end up grassy little field and car won't move I'm broke down so I politely get out of my car jump over the water because my car's in a puddle so I jump over the puddle and I'm standing on the side of the road just trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next about five cars pass by me with us in it Or either they ride by and act like they don't see you. <laughs> Man, you seen me over there. Then the truck pull up. Confederate flag hanging high. You know how they had a truck with a Confederate flag hanging high. Don't act like y'all don't know. They, they, it's flying like it's the American flag. So immediately, my mind says, I got a bat or something in the trunk. Let me go ahead and get it out, because I ain't going out like that. Not like that. I'm going to hit somebody if I, if I got to go. 
They pull up, they get out of the truck, embracing myself. Y'all know how we do. Well, you don't know how somebody coming. You already have your stands ready. You know, I know they're like, what are you doing, Carl? Hey, hey, what's up, man? What y'all want to do? Everything all right? I got, I got one foot here and the other one right here. What y'all want to do? I might have to hit him. I ain't know. Long story short, the guys jumped out of their truck. No lie. What's wrong? Baby, man, I'm broke down, blase, blase. Pulled a chain out the back of his truck, got under my car. I want you to understand, my car was in the water. I want y'all to hear me. When I got out the car, I jumped over the water because I didn't want to be in the water. This dude took his shirt off and got in the water. He under my arm, and I'm sitting here marveling because I'm, I'm not going to do it, bro. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to wait for a tow truck. I'm just not going to do it. But it taught me that you cannot judge a book by the outside cover. You got some people that'll do more for you that don't even look like you. But if you judge based on skin color, you're going to rob yourself of some friendships. You're going to rob yourself of some relationships. Y'all ain't going to let me preach in here. If the truth be told, baby, the real body and family of Christ are those that hear the word and do it. Jesus never color coded it. So Jesus gives the woman a little more information. I'm getting ready to go home, y'all. I hope I've said something that has blessed you. Hope we said something that has encouraged you. Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm moving past history now. But the woman says something here, 25 and 26. The woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. It is here in 25, we understand why Jesus had to explain to her worship in verses 23 through 24. Because he not only told the woman about her history, but he told her about the spiritual progress of the Jewish people. So Jesus says in verse 26, Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. I that speak unto thee am he. He brings the woman to a place where now she knows that he is more than just a prophet, but he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Anointed One. They call him Yeshua in the Old Covenant. That is the one that is talking to you. And so when you get to verse 28, the Bible says that the woman then, she just left her water pots and went her way into the city and said unto the men, the woman had the drop the water pots because now she realized that I'm talking face to face with God. Now she realized I'm talking face to face to the one that spoke this whole world into existence. She's saying I don't care how many men I slept with I got to go and tell somebody y'all ain't gonna talk back to me in here about this Jesus. I got to tell them that I have met the Messiah and as she goes understand that Jesus Christ he does not disqualify the woman because of her past. He does not stop her because of her past. See the only thing you need to run for Jesus is a realization that he is the Christ. Is the realization that there is salvation in no other name. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you did. It don't matter who you slept with. Only thing that matters is if you know Jesus Jesus. So may I submit to you that God is not worried about your past because he spilled his blood to cover your past. But he's worried about the state of your soul. Rather not you know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. And so the Bible says
that the woman left her water pots and she went back to the city and she began to talk to the men. What do you see in the text, Young Jones? She went back to talk to what she came from. So when God saves you and when God delivers you, God will deputize you to go back to the places where you came from. The same holes you came from. He said, I'm going to anoint you to go back and get those that you left behind. I wish I can preach this thing just like I feel because there is somebody in here. You left somebody behind. There is somebody in here. You left the brother behind. There is somebody in here. You left the family member behind. But God told me to tell you that this is the season to drop your water pots and go back to the place to where he saved you. Go back to the place to where he got you from because there is somebody that needs the same Jesus you got because they want to be free just like you wanted to be free can I preach this thing y'all just like I feel and so the Bible says that she dropped her water pots but when she got to verse number 39 the Bible says that many of the Samaritans that they believed on Jesus because of what the woman testified may I submit to you that you may not have a title but you got a testimony you may not be an apostle but you got a testimony you might not be a bishop but you got a testimony you might not be a prophet or a prophetess but you got a testimony see that's what's wrong with the church some folk think they need a title in order for them to work for Jesus no God say if you're saved if you've been delivered if I've come into your life he say then you got a testimony you ought to turn to a neighbor and say neighbor I don't know about you but I'm employed by Jesus and it's time for me to get to work it's time for me to go back and grab somebody that I left behind can I preach this thing y'all just like I feel you see the woman was deputized and God sent her back but see she always had influence that's why she was married five times and sleeping with a dude that wasn't hers but after she met Jesus she wouldn't just have influence but God gave her authority so what are you saying young Jones that when you come in contact with Jesus he gives you more than divine influence but he gives you authority why is authority so important you know Jesus had confrontations he had one on one matches with the devil you know the devil had power and Jesus had power but one thing Jesus had that the devil did not have Jesus had authority you see when power meets power you need authority to get the victory so I ain't stopped by here to tell you that your sin ain't got power I didn't come here to tell you that the alcohol ain't got power I didn't come to tell you that the sex ain't got power but I came by here to tell you that God will give you authority and it's greater than the power of sin it's greater than the power of your temptation you ought to turn to a neighbor and say neighbor I'm walking in the authority of God can I preach this thing just like I feel you see the woman got the authority because the woman was chosen the woman was selected the woman was voted in not by man but she was voted in by God you ought to turn to somebody and say I thank God that I don't need your vote to be voted in the family of God but the only thing I need is the vote of Jesus to become a part of this great family and so the woman y'all she was voted in by Jesus she was selected by Jesus but don't you know that when they voted the president in when they voted the mayor
Hezekiah in. When they voted the sheriff in, they still had the same name, but they had a different level of authority. You see, they swore them in. And when they swore Barack Obama in, he was still Barack Obama, but a different level of authority. So what you saying, Young Jones, that when you leave here today, you'll still have the same name, but your authority level is about to change. God say, I'm giving you authority to walk on the enemy. I'm giving you authority to take your family back. I'm giving you authority to grab your ministry. I'm giving you authority to live holy. I dare you to high five a neighbor and say neighbor. Walk in the authority. That's what the woman at the well did. She walked in the authority. See there's somebody in here. You done forfeited your authority. And when you forfeit your authority, then the devil begins to define who you are. When you forfeit your authority, then man begins to define who you are. When you forfeit your authority, then people will define who you are. But I'm sorry y'all, you ain't got enough in your pen to define who I am. Only God can define me because it was God that made me. Only God can define me because it was God that called me. Only God can define me because it was God that loved me. I dare you to turn to a neighbor and say neighbor, you can't define me. Only God can do that. Can I preach this thing y'all just like I feel? You see the Samaritans, they define that woman. You see See the Jews, uh, they define that woman. Uh, the people of that city, uh, they define that woman. Uh, so what Jesus did, uh, he redefined her. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to, uh, but there's somebody here. Uh, you want to be redefined. Uh, you're tired of what you used to be. Uh, you're tired of the places you used to go. Uh, and you need the Lord uh, to redefine you. Uh, you ought to tell a neighbor, uh, you're about to get redefined. Uh, what you used to do, uh, you ain't going to do it no more. Uh, the places you used to fail uh, God say I'm going to give you victory uh, you thought you was weak uh, but Paul say when I am weak uh, then I am strong uh, that the power of God uh, may rest upon me uh, I'm walking in the authority uh, and I'm redefined uh, I dare you to grab a neighbor uh, and say neighbor uh, let me reintroduce myself uh, I am uh, a child of God uh, I am uh, a child of the king uh, I the head and not the tail. I am the lender, not the boy. I am above and not beneath. I am an overcomer. I am a champion. I am called by God, anointed by God, and I've been anointed to win. You ought to turn to a neighbor and say, neighbor, you're looking at a winner. Neighbor, you're looking at a fighter. Neighbor, you're looking at a survivor. They almost took me out. Almost lost my life. But the devil is a liar. I done got my authority. Can I preach this thing? Just like I feel. Because I feel like preaching about the authority. You see, when you got authority, when you run up on the devil, you ain't scared. You ought to turn to somebody and say, I ain't scared. I ain't scared of nothing. Because I'm terrified of nothing that the devil has to offer. Because I have 
the authority of God. See, when you got the authority, you walk in your house and you tell the devil, today is your last day. Run in my house. Today is your last day. Causing hell in my house. When you got the authority, you walk in your job and shall peace be still because God is with me. He's given me the authority. He say, what you bind on earth? He say, I'll bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth? He say, I'll loose it in heaven. When the last time you bound your devil, when the last time you use your binding power, you got to get in there with them kids. Lay your hands on your own baby. Don't wait for the preacher to do it. God said, I gave you authority to put your hands on your baby and tell the devil you might have another one, but you can't have this one. You might have somebody else child, but not my child. You might have somebody else baby, but not my baby because I am taking the authority that's in the Holy Ghost. Can I preach y'all? Can I preach? I say, can I preach y'all? Can I preach? You see, when you know that you got the authority, you're not afraid to arrest some things. Turn to a neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't see it, but you got a spiritual badge. It's a police badge. God say, I'm deputizing you to walk in the spirit. And when you got a badge, a spiritual badge, you got the authority to arrest some things. I don't know about you, but I'm about to arrest my poverty. I don't know about you. I'm about to arrest my sickness. I don't know about you. I'm about to arrest anything that don't line up with the 